This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the Wednesday Chip Chat edition. We're joined by Chip Gibbons, the policy director at Defending Rights and Dissent. Though everything he says on Chip Chat are his own words, maybe not even his own, they could be somebody else's, but they're definitely not Defending Rights and Dissent. Chip, it's Chip Chat. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for inviting me to this segment again that just coincidentally bears my name. It's it's always a pleasure when you get invited to things that have your name in it. So uh, for Chip Chat, I just wanted to let the audience know that this week I've been enjoying some Utz brand crab chips. They've oh. been pretty tasty. It's actually a, it's actually one of those duality flavors. It's a sweet tangy barbecue with crab flavor, and it's actually pretty good. A, a duality I, flavor, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those mixtures. Okay. I always thought crab chips with just like Obey, Old Bay on them. Yeah, so these have Old Bay and their barbecue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. Anybody else got anything to share about the uh, snacks or chips they're eating? I don't like kettle cooked softened vinegar chips. That, that's my preferred chip, chip mm. type. I mean, I've been eating a lot of sunflower seeds. I'm a sunflower oh, seed boy. You're being right. healthy. Yeah. Are they healthy? I don't think they're I healthy. I don't know. They, they come from the health. earth. They must be good for you, right? That's a thing. Certainly I'm making just, certainly making a much bigger mess. I'm eating one right now. Kid has a mountain Sorry, of shells. Bringing, uh, bringing has a, gritty realism to chip chat over here. He's got his mountain of shells next to his computer. <laughs> Wrong. I threw them in the trash just before he's we got, recorded. He's got a layer of sunflower seed dust all over his computer and mouse pad. No, no comment. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get down to business I here. I covered in food, so I cannot judge Sam. <laughs> all right. This week we're uh, tackling the, the, the burgeoning scandal <laughs> that is Obamagate. Um, I think that... Yeah. I'll let I'll let you take it away in just a second, Chip. Have you but seen the, uh, okay, I'll let you take it away now. Journal- <laughs> have you seen the clip of the journalist asking Trump what crime he's referring to, and he says the crime is called Obamagate, and the journalist again asks him, but what crime is it? He goes, the crime is obvious if you would read a newspaper other than yours. Ah, uh, you know, as I said on the Twitter.com. I was a vociferous critic of Obama, both for his foreign policies and his surveillance policies. You know, he was president when the Snowden revelations happened. Uh, as soon as he clinched the Democratic Party nominee in 07, 08, he voted to give telecoms immunity for participating in an illegal NSA spy program. I was never on the Obama bandwagon. I backed Dennis Kucinich. Uh, I think history proved me right on that one. Um, you know, just just never, never an Obama fan, very large critic. I remember being in college and bringing Jeremy Scahill to speak about his policies because I'm like, people need to really know like what's really going on with Obama. So I, I'm not an Obama fan, especially on the surveillance stuff. And I have no clue what the fuck Donald Trump is talking about. Well, just, just so none the, uh, the decision to give phone companies immunity for participating in a warrantless surveillance scheme that wasn't President Obama planning nine years into the future uh, to spy on a patriot, General Flynn. 
the three-star so, general. So here's how much I hate myself. I keep clicking on the Obamagate trend on Twitter, and I keep reading all of the different posts from people who believe in Obamagate about what's going on. And it's like, he was giving money to mullahs in the dead of night. And it's like, what? 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 And there's this one cartoon that's like the Obamagate snake, and it has all the different elements of it. Element one is treason. Another one is fast and furious. It's like all this, like, it's like, you know, there are real Obama administration scandals you could be talking about. Yeah, that's 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 the key here is that once again, we have a situation in which the right has arrived at a correct conclusion, which is that the Obama administration actually did have a lot of scandals. Unfortunately, when you ask them to show their work about how they arrived at this conclusion, it's, it's complete. Yeah, it's com a complete mess. But, you know, if you ask them, oh, you're, are you referring to uh uh, using drones to uh, assassinate a 16-year-old American? And they're like, no, not referring to that. Oh, are you, are you referring to the fact that uh, Obama allowed Wall Street to pretty much uh, skate by without throwing any bankers in jail and, in fact, had his Treasury Secretary sign off on uh, a bunch of golden parachutes for them as they were uh, leaving their, their firms? And it's like, no, not, not really referring to that. Uh, what they're actually referring to is stuff related to, like, Michael Flynn. <laughs> yeah and you know we discussed michael flynn on this program before and my opinion of michael flynn is that he is an unregistered was an unregistered agent of the turkish state correct and tried to conspire to kidnap a u.s person which seems like would probably violate one of the reconstruction era civil rights laws nonetheless the laws against kidnapping uh, and I think that's a very serious crime, lying to the FBI about things that aren't illegal. I mean, technically a crime, not Michael Flynn's greatest crime. <laughs> um, but, you know, the whole sort of Mueller thing where we sort of ignore all of the big picture stuff. and like, ah, Michael Flynn lied. It's... And then you get these liberals who think he's somehow like an active Russian agent engaged in treason. A lot of talk about treason on the TL. Uh, everyone has apparently committed treason. And I, I'm, I'm very unclear if any of the people making these claims, either the Rachel Maddow types or the Sean Hannity types, have any idea what treason is. Maybe I don't know what treason is. I, I don't know. Um, but no, I actually did see one person on on the uh, on the Twitter, one of the Obama Gate tweeters, like list drone strikes on there, and I sort of want to write to them and be like, you know, Donald Trump has dramatically escalated drone strikes. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I don't know. And, and the other thing that keeps bothering me is like you have these conservative people who are like so like enrage about the deep state and you can debate whether or not that's a good conceptual framework for thinking about our intelligence and security apparatus. I think there's there's arguments that it is, there's arguments that it isn't. But like imagine being super angry about the deep state, but also being super into like neocon foreign policy against Iran or like neo-Cold War policy against Venezuela. And 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 when when we were um one of the times Trump was trying to escalate the war or start a war with Iran, you had all you'd be like, oh, the deep states undermine. So do you really think the career intelligence people are like actively trying to prevent Trump from going to war with Iran because Obama gave money to mullahs in the dark? 
you know, like that weird ass thing that people on Twitter are, or Benghazi keeps coming up to. I don't I don't know. You know, I think I, I believe Hillary Clinton gave the stand down order because she was too politically correct to say radical Islam. I, I think that's the Benghazi scandal. I'm not actually I'm not actually sure. It's definitely not the fact that the U.S. invaded and destroyed a country with no congressional or UN or no congressional authorization, and they definitely went beyond the UN mandate for a no-fly zone and just engaging in regime change. And that now Libya is now a failed state. I, that's apparently not the Benghazi scandal, which I find a tad bit more scandalous than whatever whatever happened with this with this and, embassy. The. Uh... The conservative ravings about Benghazi, as you noted, they obscured a, a real failing by the Obama administration in launching a disastrous war or supporting that war in Libya. And I'm afraid as well that um, Trump's ravings here about Obamagate is going to give more fodder to the type of people who sincerely believe that the only scandal that President Obama committed was wearing a tan suit or whatever. And, and I find people absolutely annoying, but like, when you hear Trump talk about Obamagate, I mean, I almost, I almost become a resistance liberal when Donald <laughs> Trump starts going off. Well, you, we, you, uh, have to, you have to understand the context in which this is being brought up. It's being brought up as the U.S. economy enters a Great Depression and as the number of COVID deaths, you know, move past 80,000 people. Trump, in the same way that he's blaming China, He's trying to, like, put a lot of blame on Obama for this stuff. And even he, he tweeted about it over the weekend, like, oh, we're doing a fantastic job responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, unlike how Obama responded to H1N1, swine flu or whatever. And why the president clearly does not want people to compare those two responses, because I think like a thousand people died in a year in the total uh, cycle of H1N1. And we've had, you know, 80,000 people die in two months here related to this. But so it's clearly an attempt by the White House to deflect uh, blame and responsibility for the crisis that they're making a lot worse right now. But at the same time, you know, we, we need to reckon with the failures of the Obama administration in a way that also isn't providing uh, uh, an exoneration to Trump right now and how he's dealing with this crisis. Yeah, I spent eight years reckoning with the failures of the Obama administration and the Kucinich supporter. I spent an enormous amount of time arguing with people during the primary that we, Obama we have chip. We we have done that, but clearly it has not it has not worked because the nominee is now Joe Biden running on like four more years of Barack Obama. So yeah. yeah. We have yes. I was not saying you were calling me out. I was just commenting on the fact that I, yeah, you know, and a, a while ago, I mean, Trump was tweeting that he had no COVID nineteen test because the test Obama left him for a disease that did not exist then. <laughs> uh, this particular, obviously, COVID existed, but this strand of COVID did not. Were bad test. It's like what? What are you talking about, right? And I believe he tweeted 100 times in 24 hours. Did I did I see that? Is that a correct a correct thing that happened? I mean, it's it's not hard to. <laughs> it's not hard to yeah, believe. Yeah, you're not changing the COVID crisis though. Yes, 
he tweeted 100 times on Mother's Day. More than 100 times in one day on Mother's Day. Do those count as retweets? I think they're counting as retweets, yes. Which mm-hmm. is it's fudging mm-hmm. the numbers, I agree. But yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's just awful situation i mean you have somebody who's out there telling people that they should you know drink bleach to prevent the coronavirus and is clearly downplaying the crisis who clearly wants to reopen the economy to send working people to their death is saber rattling against iran and venezuela uh is just a horrible human being and the alternative is joe biden which is you know equally bleak in its own right I do have to uh, uh, remark on how Trump is also in his sort of blame shifting mode, uh, brought in Joe Scarborough into this and has (laughs) rekindled uh, doubts about Joe Scarborough's innocence regarding the affair with, well, no, I shouldn't say affair because I don't think there was an actual affair going on. I mean, affair in the broadest sense of term, as in uh, something happening regarding Joe Scarborough's intern uh, about two decades ago dying in uh, Scarborough's... Some some blame deflection I can get behind. There we go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The president of the United States just alleging that a talk show host is a murderer. And, you know, frankly, maybe we can look a little more into this. He wants Comcast to investigate because when I suspect someone of murder, I want Comcast to not like <laughs> the police to investigate. It reminds me of those old movies where there's like a murder and for some reason the only person doing any investigatory work is like a representative of the life insurance company and they're like searching the home without a warrant and wiretapping. Well, like double indemnity, right? The investigator in that is a, is a life insurance. She's like, I'm going to send them to the gallows. And it's like, is that really your job as a life insurance company to to seek the death penalty for murder? Yeah. Chip, uh, one last topic here before we conclude uh, Chip Chat for the week. There, uh, The Senate's considering uh, the surveillance reauthorization bills, Patriot Act, provisions and yeah there's a story uh, ron wyden is raising the alarm there's a story in the daily beast this week that mcconnell is trying to move an amendment that would essentially allow surveillance the fbi and other uh surveillance agencies to uh begin collecting people's web browsing history i'm guessing this would be under section 215 uh, so 215 is what's up for renewal three things are up for renewal 215 roving wiretap and the lone wolf provision, which has allegedly never been used. Um, But 215 would be the grounds for collecting people's web browser history. And this would be new. Um, This would potentially be new. I mean, I don't know how the FISA courts are, or FBI, whoever are interpreting this to begin with. You have to remember that when 215 was passed, the big fear was that it would allow the FBI to find out what library books we were reading, which I don't want to download. I don't want to like uh, downplay, you know, library books. But 215 then turned out to be what the NSA used as its sort of secret justification for its secret bulk collection of metadata, which is, you know, not what anyone intended when when 215 was passed. Uh, yeah, but it looked at he's going to expand. He wants to expand the powers. It's very, very disturbing. Um, 
they should not renew 215. They're probably they're clearly are going to. There's a number of amendments that have been proposed that I think as amendments it's worth pushing to support, even if you don't necessarily want to end up supporting 215 in the end. And you can discuss whether or not that's contradictory or not. But um, no, they're going to vote on this. It's uh, it's sort of interesting that the Republicans are all up in arms about, you know, Obamagate, and they're going to turn around and, you know, expand some of the worst portions of the Patriot Act. Just like Bob Barr, I want to just talk about or Barr, who's the Attorney General. Yeah, yeah, it's Bill Barr. I'm sorry, I always confuse Bob Barr, so, the former. Uh, Georgia congressman whose big campaign was kicking Wiccans out of the military and then somehow became the libertarian uh, presidential candidate. And then after that was the lawyer for Baby Doc, the former Haitian dictator, really prestigious career uh, from um, crusade against witchcraft in the military, unconstitutional crusade against witchcraft in the military to uh, voice of libertarianism and like around this time, he was libertarian party stuff. He's also like a, a prominent spokesperson for like the ACLU around like civil liberties issues. His voting record in Congress didn't, you know, reflect it. But after he got out of Congress, he had a, I guess, change of heart that allowed him to get the libertarian presidential nominee before being a baby doc lawyer and then a Newt Gingrich surrogate. Um, but, but yeah, Barr, you know, he has now the Carter Page investigation and now the Mike Flynn investigation implied that neither investigation was properly predicated. He said there was no predication for the Mike Flynn to ever be questioned. Um, with Carter Page, he said the amount of intrusive techniques that were allowed were too low for the amount of predication that they had for the case. And you know who sets the, uh, predication requirement for opening an investigation and, and what techniques can be used for the FBI? Pop quiz. Is it Attorney General? Attorney General. General. Unless it's like FISA warrants or warrants or things like that, then it's set by statute. But when the Attorney General guidelines were first created in the late 1970s, you could not use an informant, a confidential informant, unless you were doing a full investigation. There are, pre there are preliminary investigations, there are full investigations, and full investigations, the most stringent investigation there was, um, you, that was on time you could use an informant. Now, thanks to the George W. Bush administration, no one has amended this since then, uh, you could investigate someone without any factual predicate. It's called an assessment. And you can use an informant in that investigation. And like one of the things the OIG uh, commented on in the Operation um, Crossfire Hurricane report was that uh, sensitive investigative matters, those that involve first amendment protected activity, don't require a higher degree of predication than other investigations. They just re require a higher degree of supervisory approval, which is not, you know, that much of a check. And and Barr could completely be going after this if he really cared. The other thing, Barr was attorney general twice, once under Bush, once now, uh, not to, George H.W. Bush, not George W. Bush, not to get wonky, but like when he was uh, attorney general under George H.W. Bush, he operated under the quote unquote Thornburg, Thornburg, Thornburg guidelines, the ones 
put in place by the previous attorney general, which were significantly more stringent than the Michael McKay guidelines he operates under now. I mean, he could just literally say, I'm bringing back the guidelines from 1990. You know, they worked fine then, and I'm disturbed about what the FBI is doing. I don't think it would solve the problem per se, but just the level of hypocrisy coming from Barr and the fact that no one in the media has enough sense to ask him this question is just literally infuriating, right? Like every time he says to a journalist, blah, 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 not enough predicate, too intrusive techniques, they should say, why the fuck don't you amend the attorney general guidelines? Isn't this something you can do? How do you feel about the fact that you can have an assessment which requires no predication? How do you, which is the first time since the church committee you can do this was put in place in 2008, another failed Obama thing. You know, they, they, they put these guidelines through like months before Obama becomes president. He's already won the election, but he, the lame duck period. And, and, and no, no one in the media even has enough sense to ask that. They just go with like, oh, the FBI is becoming politicized. And it's like, OK. Well, I, I'm sure the attorney general will uh, if this if McConnell's amendment goes through and here's hoping that it doesn't. But uh, and because, you know, senators can gum up the works pretty good there. And I don't think Ron Wyden's going to let this thing sail through pretty easily. But uh if it is approved, uh, I'm sure that that bar will use these powers sparingly. Yes. I mean, he's considered the architect of mass surveillance because of one of the things he did as Bush's attorney general. He loves surveillance. He loves policing. He hates police reform. But he has uh, adopted this hypocritical and sanctimonious position about FBI surveillance or policing when it applies to people who are associates of his boss which is you know very transparent but instead of you know focusing on you know oh fbi is becoming politicized or going to lose important spy powers in these like handful of cases we should be you know asking bar okay why don't you rein in the fbi with these actual real reforms i would love to meet with attorney general bar i would love to meet with him and just oh. be like hey bar why don't you do this thing or that thing? Because I actually know what's in the Attorney General guidelines and the um, DIOG, the FBI, what is it, Domestic Investigations and Operation Guidelines the FBI yeah. uses. Well, um, and I, I could have a very extensive conversation with Mr. Barr. I would probably not be invited to do this. Maybe but maybe we can arrange this. With you with the guidelines. <laughs> maybe we can arrange this for a future uh, Chip Chat. Chip Gibbons. Policy Director at Defending Rights and Dissent. You can follow him on Twitter at ChipGibbons89. Thanks for uh, doing another Chip Chat with us. Thank you for having me on this segment that it just coincidentally bears my name.